It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, a man who can polish off a sleeve of Ritz crackers in under two minutes, and America's recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Of course, you're not going to get every single recruit you go after. It's just a fact of life, Coach. You know it. I know it. You could follow every piece of advice that your mentor, your head coach uh, told you to do, every piece of advice, instruction, tip, trick that we have taught you to do if you've listened to this podcast or you've read our articles, attended a workshop, on and on and on. Sometimes a recruit just at the time doesn't feel like he or she wants to go to your program, to your school, because it's just not the right fit. Uh, You don't have the major that they're interested in at the moment. They think some other aspect of another school is better. Whatever the case, you're going to lose recruits. Fact of life, fact of recruiting. In fact, I will go so far as to say you will lose most of the recruits on your list. You're not going to get the majority of recruits that you initially identify. That's just a fact of life. The key is, what do you do after you lose them? Because we have entered the, the age now where you lose them out of high school. Okay, that hurts. But there are the opportunities then to get them a year later, two years later, three years later. As a graduate athlete, if they have eligibility left, there's all sorts of scenarios now that play out that allow you to basically get a do-over. And hey, as kids, we all love do-overs, right? Heck, if I mean, I don't play much golf when I do, believe me, I take any mulligan I can get from the people I'm playing with because I'm not very good at golf. So we love do-overs. Well, as a coach now, you can get do-overs in the form of a transfer portal athlete. Um, maybe they're a junior college transfer. Maybe they decide to go to a school, you end it properly, and they immediately bounce back and say, Coach, we made a mistake. We want to go to you because of how you reacted at the end and because we realized you're the coach for us. That's the place for me. So is the offer still available? We've seen that happen too. So how you end the process is really, really important. And yet what we find is that most coaches react emotionally. And I'll get into that in this episode, which is not going to be a very long episode. But we're being hit with a lot of questions about all these different aspects and sort of micro topics within recruiting that I think are really important to go over and that you understand. And that's why I want to make sure that we take just a little bit of time and and hit a couple of these topics that seem to be front and center for coaches in the recruiting process. So let's just put yourself in the position of losing a recruit. And it hurts. What I don't want you to do is what most coaches, maybe not most, many coaches do is react emotionally. Why? Well, because it's a gut punch to you. You've devoted a lot of time, effort, effort, energy, money, and it hurts when you hear no. And so what happens? Well, coaches react emotionally sometimes. They get angry. They criticize a recruit's choice, tell them they made the wrong decision, that uh, they would have been better off in your program, and they're going to regret that decision. All those things uh, to the point where we get stories from athletes that cry, that um, have now such a negative perception of that program and that coach that 
that it just it it affects them. Uh, my own daughter, the oldest daughter I have, that was a track and field athlete. When she told a particular school no, which was a small school that had been recruiting her, um, that was actually the coach, according to her, that was the most derogatory, the most negative, and the most critical of her choice to go to a larger division-level school. And so uh, it's not just reserved for big schools. Lots of coaches aren't reacting properly. So what is the right way to... To react Well, first of all, let's put emotion out of it. And a big part of this strategy revolves around you staying calm, being positive uh, and optimistic and having that come across to the prospect. And that's going to maybe involve a little bit of acting from some of you because you are emotional and it does hurt. And that's a part of the job. And I understand that. But if we are looking purely strategically this is the equivalent of when a basketball coach has to um, call a timeout and bring his team over after they've missed five straight shots and have now fallen behind in the closing minute of the game to rally them, calm them, and get them to focus on the next, the next task at hand. And in recruiting now, when you hear a no, that isn't the end of the process. And that's the first big thing I want you to take away from this. When the process ends now, no matter what level you're at, it is not the end of the process. And I remember when we started this, uh, this effort to educate, support, and provide services to college coaches and athletic departments in the, the aspect and, and, and process of recruiting, one of the things that we really tried to get them to understand was that when you act positively in the way that I'm going to describe and teach you, that's like putting money in the bank. You're not always going to withdraw it, but it's going to be there. And it will start coming back to you over and over and over again. And we saw that happen before the transfer portal was a thing. When it was just transfers, and it was very hard, or at least harder, to transfer if you were a college athlete. Well, now it's incredibly easy. This strategy, I think, is becoming more and more important. And so there have been coaches that have used this strategy for now close to two decades, and they swear by it. So I know if they have made it work without the portal, you're going to be able to make it work now that the transfer portal is here. And and I say that even if you are an NAIA school and it's harder to find out and get transfer portal athletes, this can work for you as well uh, in any transfer situation that you are going to be uh, experiencing. So what is the process? All right, well, let's put you back in that position. Like I said, you've lost a prospect. You recruited them hard. You did everything you could. You followed some of our advice. You, you, you felt like you nailed the campus visit. And at the end, they eventually tell you, coach, tough to tell you this, but I'm going over here to your competitor at so-and-so college and just wanted to tell you thank you. Instead of acting remo- emotionally, the thing that I want you to do is, and many times that's going to be faking it, but I want you to give them the feeling of gratitude and excitement on your part. So that might sound something like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed, but hey, congratulations. I mean, I know you've worked hard for this. I know it was a tough decision. Uh, and you're under a lot of pressure. And I remember how it was when I was a, was a recruited student athlete. Um, I'm sure you're glad to, to, uh, to just have it over with. 
Congratulations. Coach Smith over at that other school, fantastic person. I think you're going to love it. Great school. So I'm just really happy for you and, and congratulations. Thanks, Coach. Great. And they'll, you know, I think they're going to have a sigh of relief that you didn't criticize them because they've heard so many stories of that happening. So there's an instant positive on your side. I want you, though, before you end that call or whatever that exchange is going to be, I want you to emphasize something that is critical to this very simple to use, easy strategy to put into place. And that is this that before you end the call, tell them, hey, uh, I just want to let you know that if something ever changes, for whatever reason, if that just ends up being the choice that um, doesn't work out, please remember us. Make me your first call. You promise you'll make me your first call? Yeah, coach, I'll do it. Great. Um, and I, I'm sure everything's going to work out, but sometimes things happen. We want you here. You'll always have a home here. Um, and I'd be excited to be your coach. And then in in that call, um, what you've done just there, I'm going to push pause here in, the, in this process. What you've done is critically important, and most coaches aren't doing it. So if you're the one who is going to start doing it, you're going to start banking future recruiting wins. What you've done is explain to them that you're not mad, that they didn't make a bad decision. You're not going to try to oversell them. You're not going to criticize them. And they will begin to feel relief and immediate gratitude back towards you to the point that they might start thinking, might, not always, but they might once in a while start thinking, wow, I really do like him. He's a great coach. He was so nice to me. And I want them to remember that for a couple of reasons I'll get into here in a minute. But you have to create that emotion. You have to create that feeling that you're not upset. You're not going to be critical of them. They made a good decision. That's goal number one in that is to congratulate them, to compliment them. Even though you might be upset, downright angry, you don't think Coach Smith over at that other college is a great person. It's, it is letting them know that you're happy for them, letting them celebrate this decision, even though it didn't go your way. And that's something that most coaches don't do. So not only are you doing the right thing individually, you relating to them, but you are setting up an incredible comparison between you and other coaches. In fact, I would, if I had the opportunity, do one additional thing before you hang up, is I would say, hey, is your mom or dad there? I'd love to, to congratulate them and say hi to them one more time. Um, yeah, hey, coach, my mom's here. I'll hand the phone over to you. Okay. And I would do the exact same thing with mom. Mom, uh, Ashley just told me the news that's fantastic. I'm so happy for her. Huge decision for all of you. Congratulations. Fantastic college. I told her Coach Smith's a great coach. She's going to have a great career. I did also mention, by the way, that if something ever changed, um, she will always have a home here. Um, I really wanted to be her coach. I will still want to be her coach uh, in the future if something changes. I don't think it will, but I'm just letting you know that you always have a home here in case something goes wrong or in case it just doesn't work out for whatever reason. You will get gratitude back from that parent as well. Why? Because they've heard the stories as well. Coaches being critical, trying to change an athlete's mind, putting pressure on them even after a decision. So you're going to end properly with a, a goodbye that is professional, professional, 
that is positive, and that gets remembered, okay? So you have banked two important memories and created two emotional pieces as you have ended the process. And just keep that in mind because that plays forward now into the next step with this. And that is, I want you, after you talk to them live on the phone, I want you to have, and you can create something that is fairly standard, but I do want it to sound heartfelt and personal and not too... Um, formal and organized, but I would like you to repeat what you just said verbally and give it to them in writing in letter form, piece of paper that you print, you sign in an envelope sent to them because I want them to save it. I want them to read it. I want it to hang around the house because it's not going to get thrown away more than likely. I want it to hang around the house, get put up on the refrigerator as a, as a branding token, and also just because it's the right thing to do, I think it's professional to do, to put something in their hands that is physical that said, everything I just said on the phone to both you as the parent as well as you as the athlete is true, and I'm putting it in writing. Coaches that have done that over the last two decades, because as I mentioned, we started instructing a version of this very early on and coaches began trying it. And here's what happens when you do that. Sometimes if it was a tough decision and it really was a close a close call and that other coach they said yes to doesn't react as well as you have just reacted, isn't as professional, maybe they uh, stop paying attention to that athlete. And now I immediately start thinking as the athlete, did I make the right decision? Because, well, coach over here was so friendly, so nice. And I really like that about them. And this other school, even though they had a better facility, that coach hasn't talked to me in two or three weeks. And they see that letter on the refrigerator that's been put up, or they talk about the conversation with you, or they remember you. That's where we have had sometimes that decision turn immediately. And of course, that's what we want. I'm not going to expect it, but I want that. What's going to happen is that when you do those things. And now if a transfer is going to happen, a year or two or three goes by or they graduate, they still have a year of eligibility left, whatever the scenario, I need a different place to play. And it's only going to get more common uh, in going into the future because it's being culturally accepted now within college athletics that you might play at one or two or three different schools and that's okay. And there's going to be coaches that will take you. I want you to be one of those coaches that gets that rebound athlete, that that makes that withdrawal from the recruiting bank in the future with dividends because now they're going into their junior year, they've developed, they know what they really want, they're more mature, and they can step in and immediately help your program. Strategically, that is a very smart thing to do. Strategically, I would make the case that it's what's going to start separating good programs from uh, mediocre programs. And look... I don't even think it's it's necessarily ideal for the athlete to be switching schools and interrupting their education. I'm not going to say that everything about the transfer portal is uh, is all rainbows and sunshine and perfect. Absolutely not. But it's the landscape that you compete in from a recruiting standpoint, and I want you to compete well. We don't get to set the landscape. We don't get to design the field that we play on. We just have to play by the rules and many coaches aren't. This is one aspect of recruiting that you can make immediate differences in. As we end the recruiting cycle, as a as an athlete makes a decision, 
going counter to what you wanted, this is a way to make the most of it. This is the quintessential definition of making lemonades out of the lemons. It has to be planned and structured and systemized. In other words, this is you say what I described saying after every single athlete is lost, you produce your own system of follow-up, whether that is uh, a, a letter separately to the, to the parents and the athlete, or, or you do that together. There has to be some sort of written follow-up that says, congratulations, it, it outlines everything that I described uh, a minute ago, and that gets sent to them. And then you wait, you hope, and you also then move on. And you do so even if you don't hear back from that particular family. You know you did the right thing, the professional thing, the human thing to say congratulations. Thanks for letting me talk to you and and play the game. And good luck. I think you're going to do great in the future. What, What is wrong about that in saying that to a high school student athlete who just made a very difficult, stressful decision that they have had no practice in making before? Of course, the answer is there's nothing wrong with that. And as a byproduct, it can actually get you that same athlete after they're more developed later on in their career as a transfer portal athlete. So, Coach, again, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't recommend something that hasn't been tried and succeeded, certainly at, at this level uh, and, and with this uh, sort of level of, of confidence that it's going to work and you're going to get good, good feedback from it. It will work. You will get good feedback. You will get good recruits coming back. You're going to have to have patience. And the reason that a lot of coaches ignore this advice is because it's not the quick fix. It isn't going to happen immediately most of the time. It's going to take a year or two or three years. Yeah, but Dan, I need the athletes now. Well, there's other strategies that we can put in place for that and other services that we offer that can maybe up your chances on that side of it. But when you lose, and like I said at the start, you will lose more than you win in recruiting. This is a strategy that actually now with the advent of the portal and the cultural change that we've seen in the acceptance of athletes making this switch in schools, whereas before it had a stigma attached to it, now it's become almost a, a rite of passage and, and something that is, uh, is cool for them to do. You're able to take that now and actually have it benefit your program. Create that system, implement it, execute it, and watch what happens. I think you're going to have a lot of success with it, and you're going to like the fact that you just happened to listen to this podcast episode and put it to work. Coach, thanks. Good luck. I hope you get more athletes to say yes, but when they say no, this is what to do. College Recruiting Weekly is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2023 and 2024. To contact the host, email him at dan at dantutor.com. Also, remember to rate and review our podcast right now. Plus, tell your fellow coaches about the show. And stay tuned for the next amazing episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.